Wake up, sheeple. Hank Bachmeyer is moving to Wake Forest. That was my entire joke. I assume by the silence you're just dead from the fact that I said wake up, sheeple, and then referenced Wake Forest. Wake me up. Uh, before you go, go, Hank. That was better. I'm mad now. That was a better joke. Waking me up before you go, go to Wake Forest. Fuck. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to contribute here. No. Hank went to Wake Forest. He's not a lot tech player anymore. He did fuck all while he was at tech, except he won us three games. The only three games the tech won. Yeah. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. Baki, come back. <laughs> God damn it. No more Bachman <laughs> Turner. No more Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, now it's just Turner. Overdrive. Yeah, Turner, Turner Overdrive. Overdrive. The only good uh well, the only other name change I saw today was Director of Player Personnel at La Tech Football, Anthony Morrow, tweeted, Them JC boys, some street dogs coming to Res Vegas. <laughs> Res Vegas? So we're going to break that down over the course of the next 30 minutes. Yeah, um, <laughs> word by word. Hashtag drip too hard. Well, somewhere in there we'll cut it. I don't know where. None yep. of it was all that great, but... Look, cut the whole thing because it was yeah, honestly well, the shittiest. Just, honestly, the shittiest cold open we've ever had. That is probably not no, true. It, but no, it absolutely is the worst. It was shit. Okay, it was okay. the. Now this is the cold open. The fact that we yeah. cut the cold open and you talking shit about the cold open is the cold open. It was the 2023 Louisiana Tech football season of cold opens. The 2013. Maybe that's it. it. Maybe just the, years that end in three were shitty at football. We were shitty the last three years. <laughs> yeah, but especially so this year. Oh, that, that's three. That is three. Three years, 2013, 2023. Are you sick? Yes. Okay, yeah. You sound like you got laryngitis. I am trying not to sound like I have laryngitis, but here we are. I got I got laryngitis. <laughs> <laughs> There's the cut. Got it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And even though I may sound sick, tech went 3-0 over the past few days, and that's pretty sick itself. The Texters won? Oh, no. Never mind. You weren't talking about the Texters. Sorry, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, men's basketball team looks pretty good. Yeah. The Duncan Dogs, they're back. They dunked on the haters, winning three games over Stephen F. Austin, ULL, and Southeastern Louisiana. The last two at home, and then that one win at Nacogdoches, Texas. That was the big game that I think we all had our eyes on and was both kind of shocked at how well they had them in hand and then also how close it was at the end, a trend that would continue into that ULL game. Yeah, I mean, this just to start out with this SFA game, I mean, it was not a good game to watch if you like offense. Final scores 56 to 49, but man, just kind of a brutal game from the field for both teams. Um, obviously, both teams focus on their defense, but man, it felt like nothing was going in for either team the, the entire night. Yeah, Tech shot 42% from two on the night, 42.3%. Stephen F. Austin, 
28% from two, (laughs) 5.6% from three, one of 18 three pointers made by the lumberjacks. (laughs) Yeah. And what's, what's really interesting here is that SFA took 46 two pointers and 18 three pointers. We only took 40 shots total. So we took 26 twos and 14 uh, threes. Those 35 Uh, defensive rebounds really came in handy there, but they had 19 offensive rebounds. So they were just putting the ball up on the glass and ended up with the ball more often than you really, you would like really, you don't want to ever give up 19 offensive rebounds in a game. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the rebounds are relatively close. I mean, it's 40. What is that? 44 to 20, 44 to 42 um, in favor of the lumberjacks. But the key stat here for me is that Tech turned the ball over 20 times. Yeah. Definitely not something that you want to see. And I, I believe that trend continued into the Saturday game um, against ULL, but definitely not a pretty game for the Bulldogs. Um, it was just one of those nights where it felt like nothing was really going in. I mean, we <laughs> uh, we made 15 shots from the field and turned the ball over 20 times. So that's... Uh, yeah, that's that's Iron Hester. It's kind of crazy that we won this game on the road at SFA, who's like very good at home historically. Yeah, Matt, you said fire Hester. Let's just fire yeah. Cumbie again. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was an 11 nothing run with about nine minutes left in the first half. That's really what set up tech for success here. They went from a 10 10 tie to a 19 to 10 lead with Stephen F. Austin not making a bucket or any points, not even at the foul line. From 12 minutes left all the way until, you know, six and a half minutes left. That was a huge stretch of misses from them where Tech was able to take advantage, take that lead. Stephen F. Austin was, was favored in this game. And that 11 nothing run, if you look at like the win probability charts, that's what turns it from a a 33% chance for Tech to win. After that 11 nothing run, it becomes a 67 60, I'm trying to get my mouse over the exact dot. 68.7% chance to win for the Bulldogs after that 11-0 run. I think that right there was the deciding factor in this game over SFA. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I think that I don't know. It was just a weird, it was just a weird game. There were a lot of fouls at times, and then they would completely stop calling fouls on, you know, like on both ends of the floor. Um, I remember especially at the end, like SFA was trying to foul tech to kind of get back into it. And, uh, and I mean, like they were mobbing our guy and they weren't calling a foul. So they'd end up like getting a steal and and kind of making it a little bit more interesting than it should have been. But there was one really good play. I want to, uh, I want to call out Daniel Bacho got a block at one end and then the ball got up the court quickly, uh, to Devin Ree, who got a three pointer in transition. So, a uh, nice little play there kind of shows you what the offense can do when uh, when the defense generates, you know, a turnover or a, or I guess does a block count as a turnover? Probably not. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> shows what we know. Somebody somebody tweet that at us. Does a block count as a turnover? Is it just a missed shot plus a block? Yeah. Tweet at us. That's the best way for us to learn things. Twitter, a source of information. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the Stephen F. Austin game was a huge win, right? We look at our, our victory so far this year. We've lost to the tier A opponents, which are, again, Kempom ranks as top, I think, 50 schools adjusted for uh, 
location of the game. Maybe it's top 25 schools. Stephen F. Austin is a B tier school, but it's the only beer tier, beer, the what? only B tier school that we have beaten. A or B, we've lost to the two A's. We've beaten the one B, that B being Stephen F. Austin. We've got a few more on our schedule coming up. This game uh, that we'll talk about in a second against Seattle, that's a B tier. Um, we'll talk about it next week, but Grand Canyon is an A tier. And then we have Liberty in conference as a B or an A, depending on if we're playing them at home or away. Those are big games. Again, we probably still need to win the tournament to make the NCAA tournament. I don't think Coos is getting two teams in. I don't think they're getting in at large, but this goes to show this team is good. This team can win in Bur- in uh not Birmingham. They're playing the tournament in Huntsville this year. This can be a team that comes out of that Huntsville tournament number one, and they showed that against Stephen F. Austin when they played ULL on Saturday night, a rival team that they just dominated early on, allowed to come back, but still squeaked out that victory. I mean, you look at the, the win expectancy chart here. I mean, it never goes below you know, 75% and that's early on in this game, even after a 13 to two run by ULL. But I mean, this is the kind of game you have to win. It's a game. It's a team that's decently good, not great, but a rival. And that's always a tricky situation, but tech was able to withstand the storm and win 72 67 in Ruston on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. That was a, better more fun game to watch tech dominated for a lot of it i was a little disappointed in the final score yeah i mean i think you're right matt it's it definitely looks a lot closer than it was um tech used a late first half push of a 24 to 9 run in the sort of last 10 minutes of the first half uh, to take a huge halftime lead and then i don't think they necessarily coasted in the second half but just you know got a little sloppy I mean, so they scored 72 points on the night. Their 70th point came with four minutes left. They scored two more points the entire last four minutes. And this was the game where we missed like five free throws in a row with under a minute left. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, we on the night go 65% from the free throw line. I think usually the national average is around 70 or 71%. So this wasn't a great free throw night. But they kept sending Jordan Crawford or uh, Jalen Henderson, really. It felt like that's who they were trying to foul. He ends up going one for three on the night. Jordan Crawford, one for four. Um, It just felt like the guys who were heading to the free throw line weren't the guys that we wanted. Daniel Bacho, actually, Bacho, Daniel Bacho goes eight for eight from the free throw line on the night. That kind of surprised me since he's not, I mean, it's not exactly who I think of as as a top free throw shooter. I mean, last year at Texas Tech, he was... 60% 60% from the free throw line. I mean, he's he's better this year, shooting about 70% and 100% eight for eight in that meaningful game against ULL. Yeah, and I mean, um, it was just weird. At the end of the game, um, you know, ULL's trying to get back into it. We were up by 10 or so points. And you see, you know, they start fouling with around a minute and a half left. And uh, Jordan Crawford misses two free throws. Talik Chavez, who's one of our best shooters just in general, scored 30 points in this game, yeah. misses two free throws. So, you know, Only luckily misses ULL, four on the night, by the way, eight of 12. Those yeah, were but just three of those. Three of those four misses came with under a minute left. Yeah. <laughs> when it's like, you know, luckily ULL came up with a couple of empty possessions there because, yeah, we win by five. They, they hit a three pointer at the buzzer when we were up by eight. So, I mean, you know, yeah. it. it 
it counts, right? It counts, but it's like, you know, we should have been able to really put this game away and win, you know, something like 78 to 65 or 78 to 67 or whatever. But, um, you know, got to make those free throws in clutch time because there's going to come a game where maybe we're up four instead of up eight. And you have to make those free throws with 30 seconds left. You know, you have to make at least one of them. Right. Yeah. And right now on the season, Tech is averaging 69.2% from the free throw nice. line. It sounds nice, but the national average is 70.9. So I, uh, they, they are, what, 1.7% lower than the national average. Ira Hester. <laughs> is everyone else in it for the lulls, though? It, maybe that's it. We need to just average that 69.2%. Maybe we need to average 42.0% on the year and get that 420 <laughs> number. We need to average 69.420. Yes. Uh, the other story for me in this game was um, Talik Chavez. Talik Chavez is yeah. very, very good. 30 points in 35 um, minutes. Yeah. Five for five from two. So he took some two pointers, um, including like some backdoor cuts in the lane. Um, great passes from the big men, uh, Bacho and then Terry Miller as well, who, you know, doesn't have a huge impact on the uh, stat sheet here, but I mean, his ability to pass the ball is uh, very fun to watch. So I'm excited to see him kind of develop as the season goes on. But Talik Chavez then uh, four for eight from three and made eight free throws as well. So, yeah, I mean, he's just kind of he's kind of doing it all. He had two steals, two assists, four rebounds as well. So definitely a great game from him. He was in the lane, right? Is that what you said? He was. He made some cuts in the lane. Yeah. Was the what? Was it glistening? I don't. Uh, I'm trying to. What? <laughs> in the lane, snow is glistening. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long walk to a short drink of water. Yeah. I mean, think about these two games too. Tech was missing a starting player in Sean Newman. Really good starting player too. You, t- you take them in aggregate too, and I think these two games, Stephen F. Austin and ULL, they're both decent at worst opponents you have two different sets of officials for these two games i felt like the sfa game was very quick to blow the whistle right like you have bacho fouling out on this game against sfa on the last two fouls felt kind of not great um but you have ull where no one gets four fouls on tech's team you have two cajuns foul out but who cares about them the the real thing here (laughs) is i think that tech has found a way to win against both whistle-heavy refs and non-whistle-heavy refs. I think that was a problem, especially in the junior Lofton teams, was we were very good when we played against, not against referees, but alongside referees that were willing to let the players play because that's when junior would dominate. He would get called for fouls that weren't really his fault if there were referees that would call a lot of fouls. But when they would let the players play, that's when he excelled. Yeah, but if you if you get a if you get a set of refs that's gonna call like him lowering the shoulder into a guy's chest as a charge, like uh oh, we're yeah, in that, for a long night. Right? And that's what that's we faced against. And that's what we faced against SFA was we yeah. we had that happen and we still won. ULL yep. they let the players play and we still won. And I think that's that's why I'm excited about this team because it feels like no matter the opponent, no matter the referee they have a chance. And it felt like in some of the Conco teams and possibly just because of the lineups, 
that were in those games, it felt like depending on the referees on the night, it was very early. Oh, we're not winning this game because they're mm-hmm. not matching our play style. And it feels like tech under Talvin Hester can match the referees and go, Oh, they are calling fouls on everything. Let me change my lineup. Let me change my game plan to match it. And I think whether or not that's happening, that's what it feels like is happening. And that's yeah. huge going down the stretch. Cause we will face several different referee crews that called games differently and the ability to change what you're doing based on that, whether it's scouting ahead or in-game decisions, that is giant come the tournament in Huntsville later in the season. Giant come. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> That's the episode are, what's title. The, what's, I sure hope not. Uh, <laughs> what's the team now? I believe nine and two, yeah. right? Yeah, they are nine and two on the season. Off Only to losses the- to number 28, Colorado State, and number 31, New Mexico. Yeah. It feels like the team's uh, really, really well balanced. I don't really know what the defensive rankings are right now, but Ooh, I can. Hold on. Yeah, I can. yeah. Let, let's do that. Well, so let's uh, let's let's cover the southeastern game real quick, just because there's not much to say about it, and then we can kind of look at where the team's at now before we preview. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Annual slut rivalry. Yes. Yep. S L U versus T. Tea. <laughs> and we're here to spill the tea about Tech's 89 to 60 victory over the Lions of Southeastern. Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway here, obviously, huge win at home. Southeastern's not very good, but a 29 point win is a 29 point win. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is that I mentioned they had 20 turnovers against SFA, they had 21 against ULL, down to 11 in this game um, against Southeastern. Um, so obviously you hope that trend continues, but again, I mean, spreading the points around, spreading the ball around, there's lots of assists. It's 19 assists to those 11 turnovers. Uh, love to see that. Um, you got Chavez leading the way with 22 points. Um, Isaiah Crawford with 14 points in this game. And I think like my biggest takeaway from these three games is that so Crawford scored 19 against SFA, 18 against Southeastern, but only five points. And he could not make like he couldn't make anything against ULL. And we still won that game relatively handily, right? Like it, it wasn't like, oh, man, Crawford's Crawford's off tonight. So like good fucking luck. Right. Um, and it feels like the first time in a long time where our best player doesn't have to even contribute. And we yeah. still have a pretty good chance to yeah. beat a team that's like decent. I think that's what I was trying to get at with the referee thing. If, if right. the referees took junior out of the game in prior seasons, Dunzo. it felt like we're done. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. we squeak it out. Maybe if we're lucky, we find a way to win this game. But with this team, if we're having our best player, Isaiah Crawford, if he has a bad night, we can still win. Yeah. I mean, thankfully against Southeastern, night. he had a great night, but yeah. So you a great to, night. He had a fine night. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, 14 I points. I want to be able to have players on the team that can step up and contribute when one of your leaders isn't having a great night. So it makes this basketball team so good. Yeah, um, I feel like basketball gets a bad rap when it comes to like, you, you think about the NBA and like one or two players can make or break a team when it comes to like getting into the playoffs and stuff like that. And like tech yeah. over the past couple of years has been propelled by like a single player. But like this team is a team. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you can see that in the stats that, Matt, you, you mentioned a second ago. I mean, so last year when Talvin Hester came in, we talked about how the sort of like talk about 
Hester's system was going to be that it's defensive, right? It's defense first and the defense flows into the offense, yada, yada, right? We didn't really see that last year. The defensive numbers were kind of like slightly above middle of the pack, I think. Not, well, uh, if you look at just effective field goal percentage, we were 325th oh, defensively. We were, that's pretty bad. and a lot of that was three points, three point shots that we were bad at def- defending. But this year has been a turnaround. Isn't that right? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, a turnaround is underselling it. Um, <laughs> we're now eighth in effective field goal percentage. And now, of course, that's sitting here on December 14th that we're saying that. But like, stop the count. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, like, we're playing a not, it's our schedule is not dissimilar from what we'll be playing in conference. Right. So, like, if this continues, I mean, we're a top 10 defense right now, according to Ken Pong. Right. I mean, yeah. In two, two point shots, we're 12th in defending those, 50th in three point shots. So, we've gotten better in that regard. You know, we're not like relying too heavily on blocks and steals. We're in the top 100 in those categories. But, you know, we're forcing opponents to take bad shots uh, and be inefficient, right? Like it's that's exactly what we thought we were getting with Talvin Hester. And we can complain about the transfer portal all we want for football and how bad it is. But, man, it has certainly benefited us in basketball because he's got his guys in already. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the you way like they it dribble. When they dribble up and down, and down the, court. the court. You guys. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, just in terms of like where the team is at generally right now, Nathan, uh, it looks like where does Ken Palm rank us like overall? And then maybe talk about the offense a little bit. Yeah. Overall, it's 84th in Division One right now, second best in Conference USA. Uh, only Liberty is ranked higher right now and will face them twice this season once away and once home. And that will kind of prove to us a little bit about how good this team is, I think. But yeah, defensively, I mean, that's where the bread is buttered right now. Three-point percentage defense, 50th best. Two-point shot percentage defense, 12th best. That's what contributes to that eighth best effective field goal percentage. Again, if you look at effective field goal percentage, we are a top 10 team. Um you look at block percentage, steal percentage. Both of those are above average um, defensively. This is just well, a top to bottom strong defensive team. You sound like you're just a bottle of boot polish away from turning into Louis Armstrong. The uh, it's a it's a relief to hear just how much better this team is defensively. Yeah, and there's some red roses too when it comes to the offense. <laughs> Good. Nice. Top 75 three-point percentage, 36.1. I mean, really where it comes down to where this team may struggle down the road is all, is the offensive side of the ball. When we look at past as president, they're not great from two, but they don't take a lot of two-point shots. They take the easy at-rim shots. But I, if you look at just the overall two-point percentage, it's 293rd. They are below average at the free-throw line. They are not great at having their shots blocked. They are not great at avoiding steals or turnovers. They are great at getting to the free throw line. And I think that is what will be the difference. If I have to point to anything on the offensive side of the ball and not just because it's the most green thing on this chart, getting to the free throw line, even if you're about average at the foul line, matters a lot. It knocks other players out of the game. It provides more opportunities to score 
And that will be the difference come Huntsville when we're doing this tournament. And right now, Tech is the 14th best team at getting to the foul line in all of Division I basketball. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of stuff's going right, which is just about the time things start going horribly wrong. Yeah, and we'll <laughs> see if things go wrong this week. Tech plays number 200 St. Louis in Missouri. Matt, I'm assuming you're driving to that game. I'm actually and- already there. Okay. <laughs> Camped out outside. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could go to that game. Uh, I will not be in attendance. I sure wish that Tech would come up and play Mizzou or even Missouri State. I would really like a game against Missouri State. I can only hope. Well, I'm assuming then you'll be you'll miss that game because you'll be driving up to Seattle for the Wednesday game. Yeah. Against yeah, yeah, yeah. what is Seattle? The Red Hawks huh. of Seattle. Happily named. Is it the University of Seattle? It is the University of Seattle, coached by Chris Victor, who may have been hired by his last name alone. Uh, Seattle, it's obviously a private university. I wonder what its affiliation is. Shinto? <laughs> Affiliated sh- with the Catholic they, Church. They're Jesuits. Uh, are they Shinto? Is that what you said? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, okay, so the Billikens, yeah. The Billikens have stunk a bit. So far this year, six and five is their record, two hundredth in Ken Palm. Didn't we look that up last week? What a Billiken is? Yeah, it's like a devil little guy. It's like a pelican yeah. on steroids. Yeah, it's got an extra big bill. Yeah, and so far, St. Louis again six and five on the year. Losses to number one hundred and thirty-three Vermont, one hundred and seven Wichita State. Oh. Some excusable losses: Utah State at fifty-six, Drake at sixty-four, and Southern Illinois. At 116. I mean, those are all top 150 schools. And right now, Tech is, like we said, 84th. So, I mean, there's a reason why Tech is predicted to win this game, but it won't be easy peasy in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, I mean, they've got a they've got a guy named uh, Gibson Jimerson plays at the one, two and three position, seeing most of his time at the three. He's their leading scorer with 16.3 points per game. He's going to play, you know, almost the entire game. He plays about 90% of their minutes. So, yeah, definitely he's one to look out for. And then, I mean, nothing else really stands out about this team. They're, you know, they're pretty decent offensively, not very good at all defensively. So I guess that could be a problem for Tech since we're kind of the opposite. We're good defensively, but, you know, not not great on offense. Yeah, it also looks like St. Louis is missing their best player. Their go-to guy was Sincere Parker. And he uh-huh. is sincerely missed right now. He played in the first four games, <laughs> logged the most minutes, um, and just has not played since their yeah. game on November 16th. Yeah, they won all four of their, their opening games, too. And then he went down, they started to, yeah, two started and to drop some games. Five since he's left the lineup. Yeah. Um, Ken Palm's giving us a 67% chance to win this game, 74 to 69, uh, which is pretty nice since it's on the road, you know, definitely would take a nice road out of conference win, um, especially over a team that's been, you know, successful in the past in, uh, the Billikens. Let's see. Yeah. ESPN's also giving us uh, about a 56% chance to win this game. This game is being played Saturday. Saturday. It's on ESPN Plus, 7 oh, p.m. Excellent. I'll be able to watch it. Yeah. I wish I could be there, though. But I got shit to do. I'm a little bummed out that I don't... Tech doesn't have any home games while I'm home in Louisiana. I would love to go to one. 
Mm. Yeah, I felt very fortunate that I was able to see Tex victory over Southern Utah just going back to the tack and everything. But yeah, they don't return back home until January 3rd where they'll face Dallas Christian. But while they're on the road, they'll go from Tech to St. Louis, and I assume they won't just kill four days out there. But after that, they'll head to Seattle to face the Red Hawks of Seattle, a team that is six and four on the year with losses to a pretty bad school in Northern Arizona at home. They're number 232. They lost 62 to 60. They followed that up with a loss to VCU, which is a top 100 school in Richmond. Then after that, it was Utah Valley and San Francisco were their losses. Utah Valley 169 and San Francisco 71st. Both of those were away games. So Seattle's only lost one home game in 2023, and that was against Northern Arizona. A pretty bad school, honestly. They also they also played and beat Southern Utah, who we beat. So there, there's an interesting comparison there. They won 73 to 63. I think we won 67 to 53. Is that right? 54? If you just say numbers, one of them will be right. 1,000. Uh, 67 to 53. I was right the first time. Shouldn't have uh, corrected myself. Uh, except that, man, that's a hell of a, a hell of a distance from Russell to Seattle. Yeah, and I think this is maybe the biggest test we have left outside of those Liberty games. You know, Seattle's a pretty decent team 129 and you know it's a very very long road trip right on uh you know getting into the holiday time right it's it's kind of hey we'll find out what this team's made of on this on this road trip here oh and and then we have another game right after that that's a bigger test you're right nathan yes because we'll cover this next week i believe but on the 30th new year's eve eve Tech will face off against the Grand Canyon, one of the nation's best national parks in a game we're predicted to lose. One of only two losses left on the schedule we're predicted to lose. But we'll talk about the Colorado River, I guess, next week. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful, uh, beautiful place. Never been. I've been three times. Wow. In 2006, 2007, and 2009. I don't know how good uh, their jump shot is. But, you know, beautiful sights. Um, They've yeah, really but- fallen off of a cliff late- lately. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Wh- what can you tell me about Seattle, though? Because that's first beautiful on the list city. here. Uh, coffee. Got some really- yeah, coffee. Got a great cheese factory downtown by the Pikes. Very tasty. I love cheese. I saw some guys throwing a salmon at each other. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't even at the fish market. It was just at the hotel parking lot. They were just throwing fish at each other. Staying with family. Which was weird how they kicked you out and we had to go to a hotel. Yes, I was asked to leave after I asked if there were any Shinto places of worship. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't I don't know shit about Seattle University of, though. Although, we went to the campus of UW, and holy crap, they have cherry blossoms. Gorgeous. Oh man, love cherry blossoms. Yeah, they got cherry blossoms on the UW campus, and cousin Don, who graduated there in the seventies with a degree in engineering and became a pilot of the C one forty ones, is very proud of that, and he is hype, thinking that Washington stands a chance to win the national title. If they're UW, does that make Seattle U loss? <laughs> oh, we'll find out, won't we? We will, because Seattle, 
offensively is only a middle of the pack team. They score pretty well from two and from the free throw line, but three point percentage, they really struggle. They're 281st in the country there. Effective field goal percentage of around 50.3. That's pretty close to middle of the pack right there. Yeah. They are a defensive heavy team, though. 49th best overall defense in the country. Their three point defense is really what's remarkable here. 23rd best, only allowing 27.8 percent of opponent shots from the three-point line to make it in this is a team that this will be defense versus defense i think will be the key thing about this game and we've loved what we've seen from tech's defense but we haven't really faced i don't believe a real true defensive styled opponent maybe sfa but this will be a really big test about how good this team is and does our defense look as good as a defense we know is good in seattle Yeah, I think the key to this one is going to be who plays the cleaner game. Both teams are pretty bad offensively at um, turning the ball over. Seattle ranks 326. They turn it over on 21.4% of their possessions. Tech currently ranks 288th, turning it over 20% of their possessions. So uh, basically, you know, if Tech can go out there and have another one of these 11 turnover games, I think they have a really good chance to beat pretty much anybody left on the schedule. Um, But if they're going to go out there and and turn it over 21 times, it's going to be really hard to get enough position uh, possessions to beat this Seattle defense because, you know, they, they like to, they like to control the game defensively as well. So you're not going to get a lot of extra, extra possessions here or extra time to kind of run the floor. It's going to be a slugfest kind of like that SFA game was. Yeah, and that game, again, is on Wednesday, December 20th, Um, so sometime next week. Who knows how our podcast schedule will work with you know, Christmas and everything like that. But Tech then takes a 10-day break before facing Grand Canyon. We won't preview that game right now, but going into Christmas, though, these are two huge games. You, You kind of hope they win both of them. They're favored to win both of them, but... The men's basketball program isn't the only one on campus, and the women's program <laughs> has been uh, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um, it's come I mean, undone. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. Yeah, I mean, the Lady Texters are currently the worst that they've ever been. They have never been worse than they are right now. I went through the record book earlier, which made me sad. But um, the Texers currently sitting at two and nine after losing to SMU earlier tonight. I I don't even know who they lost to. I don't know. You got that in front of you, Nathan? Yeah, Arkansas and Arkansas State last week. So far, again, two and nine. Their losing streak went to Texas, Drake, Maine, Richmond, ULM, Vanderbilt, Ugh. Arkansas, Arkansas State, SMU. Wow. Look, it's Bad. not the easiest schedule in the world. Um, ULM. But- yeah, ULM's on there. Who's eight and one, I guess. <laughs> Arkansas State's on there. <laughs> ULM's you know? only losses to Arkansas, by the way. So maybe they're just It's ULM. We're Louisiana yeah. Tech. It's women's basketball. Yeah. How many times have we lost to ULM before? Maybe never. Maybe a couple times. But listen, in the entire decade of the eighties, we didn't even lose the most losses we had in a single season was five. Uh. And now I know it's not the 80s anymore, okay? Like, whatever. The first time we had... So, we're on a nine-game losing streak right now. The first time we had more than nine losses in a season in NCAA, 91-92, we had 10 losses that season. Hey, I was born that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
the most losses in a row that we had as a team in program history before this nine-game losing streak was five. Uh, we did that in 2008 and in 2019 as well. I imagine this the the end of Brooks' tenure. I mean, it has to be. I mean, it's, it's not like she's a first-year head coach that's taking over from the Tyler Summit fiasco anymore, right? Like, coach this Dorton is here for like five or six years, six or seven years. Yeah, six or seven years. I mean, this is this is her team. This was Tech's 10th loss to the Warhawks all-time, dating back really? to before they were the Warhawks. Tech is 49-10 and 10 against them. Wow, I'm surprised we lost to them that many times. 74 twice. We played them, God, six times? Five times in the 1974-75 season. What? I'll have to look more into that later. That's really interesting. That, that's like the first year after Title IX, so that's yeah, probably... Yeah, we probably just played them a bunch. We played them a bunch in 1975 as well. We played them one, two, three, four times, and we lost to them once. We lost, So that's four of the losses there. We lost to them in 84, 85, twice in the 92-93 season, the 06-07 season, the 07-08 season. We were on a five-game winning streak dating back to 2016 when we lost to them this week. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like, the Texters are not good anymore. They're just that they're a bad team with history, but nine losses in a row. I mean, that's that's bad even if even if we weren't Louisiana Tech, even if we weren't the Lady Texters, right? Nine losses in a row is just pathetic, right? I mean, it's it's not <laughs> It's not something that we should stand for as fans. And it's really sad to see that like no one on Twitter is even like commenting on their posts about their games now because like no one cares because you've lost nine straight games. Yeah. So I I don't think attendance has been real good for Texture's game for quite some time. The program's been like in a tailspin for 10, 15 years. The, The weird thing is two years ago, we were in the conference championship, right? Two or three years ago. And what happens if we win that one? Possibly better things, right? Like we go to the NCAA tournament, even though we lose, even if we lose the first round, that's like, it just, it just feels like this team has been on the cusp of mediocrity and yet they've still fallen short of that. Yeah. It's just a really bad year. And And, and this is a, this is a tough schedule on like being honest about it. It's been a tough schedule. Like there are, in Massey, there are one, two, three, four, five, five teams in that losing streak that are top 100 teams. Uh, Maine is 120 as well. Uh, SMU is 137. So, I mean, six of the nine games were against top 150. Um, but you just, you have to, you have to win your games, right? Like you have to win the game against Arkansas State, who's ranked around where you are. You have to win the ULM game, who's ranked around where you are. I mean, it's just, and I don't know. And you look at this week upcoming because <laughs> better fucking I don't, beat Alcorn State. Or, exactly, that's my point. So uh, this Saturday, you got to fire the coaches if if they lose the tenth game in a row at home against Alcorn State, number three hundred and twenty-four. Fire <laughs> the coaches at halftime. Like I'm serious. Buy them out. I don't care. Like it's unacceptable. And, yeah, you know, it's hopefully we don't lose. Hopefully we win by a hundred fucking points, but like, you know, all that matters is conference play, but losing nine straight games when you as a program have never lost more than five in a row. And at one time didn't lose nine games over the course of like three straight seasons at any point. Like, I, I don't know. That's, 
that's more than I need to say. Sorry, Nathan, yeah. I cut you off. No, I <laughs> well, mean, you're absolutely right, though. But, Matt, what do you have to say? I, I'm sure she's done so after this season, regardless of what happens. Been in Rustin forever now and had some good results a couple of years ago, but it, it's obvious the program's heading in the wrong direction. Yeah. So let's quickly go through these. Alcorn State is this Saturday at 3. 93% chance to win this game, 71 to 53. Alcorn State is 324th in all of Division One right now. On Monday, 12-18, Tech will face off against Cal- is that Calvary Baptist or California Baptist? Probably California, kind of I think. It is California Baptist. The Lancers. I where that is. Riverside, California. Ah, uh, huh. yes. That's in the LA area. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Lancers are predicted to lose this game 67-69. So the Texters are expected to win 69-67. Calvary Keep saying Calvary. Calvary Baptist in Shreveport. They are ranked 70th right now. They have won eight games and lost zero games. Um, They beat schools like UTEP in Southern Utah, which keeps appearing for some reason, and Pepperdine. Not really like impressive schools to beat, but I mean, the Texters aren't exactly an impressive school. So if the unthinkable happens and they lose to Alcorn State, this eight game, nine game losing streak may turn to 10, 11, and then they face South Alabama and Abilene Christian on the road. Bad programs, but on the road, like it just feels like if they don't beat Alcorn State, when will we win again? Yeah, and so no pressure, Texters, but you better fucking win Saturday. <laughs> yeah. You have to watch. Feels like uh, right. not a lot's going well for tech athletics right now, except for the men's basketball team. Hell yeah, men's basketball yeah, and, team. And, and I'll take that. So let's do our predictions right here, right now. The Bulldogs have two games until I think we try to record again. St. Louis and Seattle. Both games are predicted to win by 50 or 60-something percent. The Texters face off against Alcorn State, a 93% chance to win that game. And California Baptist, I have to pause before I say it, that's a 46% chance to win, 69-67. So the math says Tech as a program or as a university goes 3-1 and one on the week. Do we think it's a 3-1 and one week? Yeah, I'd like to think so, so I'm going to stick with that. Uh, let's see. I think the Texters will go one and one. I think they'll beat Alcorn and lose to California, California. There we go. The men, let's see. Man, that Seattle game's tough, but Ken Palm's got us pulling it out there. Seattle also, I think, plays Washington the game before us. Do they? Yeah, they play, they play a home game with Washington. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think the Bulldogs will pull it off. Two and O road trip, you know, give us some real excitement heading into the uh, holiday break, and then, you know, that Grand Canyon game will be a really big one for our net ranking. Which, by the way, we're forty fourth in net right now, um, which is like what the committee uses to decide who to invite to the tournament, supposedly. So that's sure, cool. yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I'll, I'll go three and one. What do you think, Matt? I think I'm simply having a wonderful Texmas time. Uh, yeah, I, like I said a minute ago, I, we're going, we're going to go three and one. Taking it you all. Know Paul McCartney makes four hundred thousand dollars a year off that song. You know, Paul McCartney is filthy fucking rich. <laughs> yeah, that's like pocket change for him, basically. But yeah, it's fucking pocket lint, bro. He probably wiped his ass with it after eating a vegan pizza, which sounds like ISIS torture. 
Speaking of ISIS torture, I think the Texters lose both games and wow. the Bulldogs lose to Seattle. I think it's a one in three week for the program. I think the Bulldogs, while they have been, you know, doing very well, I think that they have outlived their expectations. I think that they are a very good team. They will contend for the conference championship, but I think they will have a couple stumbling blocks in the way that they haven't yet this year against teams that they probably should beat. Kind of like SFA is a team that they should beat and they did, but I think Seattle is a team that they should beat that they don't. And I think they lose that game. The Texters lose both because until they win, I'm not, I'm not betting on them. And so I think this is a one in three week for the program. Damn. Wow. Asshole. (laughs) And if, if we go 4-0, I'll just say that this isn't really my voice and it's a poor AI attempt because it doesn't quite sound like my voice. Anyway, I hope you're wrong, Nathan. I hope I am too. Yeah, before we get to the Tweet of the Week breaking news, Big Game Boomer tweeted earlier today the top 25 most likable or unlikable head coaches. Sonny Cubby comes at number 18, least likable. Wow. Huh. And imagine why. I mean, Sonny Dykes is number nine, by the way. So. To be fair, this has Biff Pogey as the number three most likable coach. That dude's a fucking asshole. Uh, Deion Sanders as number one as most likable. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, who just cheated and got suspended twice this season, number twenty-five most likable. Okay, no, I anyway, like him. That's that's enough airtime. He cheated for this and won. Clown. If you're going to cheat, at least you win. Yeah, that's fair. So let's go to the actual tweet of the week. Yeah. This week's tweet of the week goes to at Tom Gentile, Gentile, G-E-N-T-I-L-E-9, who tweeted, won the first SLU space T game of the season. You add the SLU logo to the tech state T and you get Matt. What does this read? What? Oh, okay. We're doing a call and response. It reads slut (laughs) is what it says. And it's hilarious. It's very good. Agreed. So that is the tweet of the week. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog gtpdd.dog where you can not read a recent blog post because the football team sucks so we stopped writing them. Not do the <laughs> contest because the football team stopped playing. Thank God. But you can get... The merch of the month for December, it's a beer glass. It's a can-shaped beer glass um, with the Tech Bulldog on it. It is $5 off for the rest of December. Get it now before it increases in price. Get it now. gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go Tech. Please don't die. Nathan, this voice, man, you just sound like you're like one pack of cigarettes away from breaking into a cover of What a Wonderful World. <laughs> what a wonderful <laughs> world. <laughs> Trees of green, red roses too, red roses do. Yeah, uh, it's it's rough right now. Yeah, this is what I get for staying up till 3 a.m. on a Tuesday a couple of nights ago. Nathan actually had the club going up on a Tuesday. I had a club going up on a Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, um, 
man was asking Santa Claus for tech bowl wins, apparently. Apparently. I don't remember doing that, but <laughs> I remember taking the picture for the record. I just don't remember for te- wishing upon a star for tech bowl victories. Where are you? I'm back home. I'm home. Now, Tuesday night, I was down in D.C. at a bar that JC works at. Never heard of him. Well, he's getting Tweet of the Week this week, so. JC was in DCBB? JC lives in DCBB. Oh. Does he use his DBs at the bar in DC, JC, BB? I don't think DB work at BB bar in DC, <laughs> BB. uses his DBs at CC while logging into the GTPDD, BB. 